Yeah, and like, maybe don't give me a compliment on the hair. Although, I laughed when I listened to that back. When you're like, you have nice hair. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> oh, no, I said your hair looked cool today, right? Is yeah. that what I said? Something like that. It did. You, you, you looks good today, too. Did you do a different style? Shut up. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. This is not what we talk about. We talk about other things. It's just funny that. You opened with the hair thing. I did because I wanted to, like, that was the actual comment that I wanted to laugh at because I listened to our old stuff or our most recent post. And it's not bad. If you like Darkwing Duck, check out our most latest arc analysis. We're 44. Up to 44 of those now. we got to start bringing back some older ones. Like Darkwing Duck. Or continue like forward, no, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, like the old ones we did, yeah. Volume 2s and stuff. And I wouldn't mind seeing a live-action Darkwing Duck, especially what what they did with... uh, Who'd you cast? Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I don't know. It's all voice casting, right? I wouldn't want... Oh, yeah. as Drake Mallard, though. You get the original guy back? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to change. And then, like, Dan Castelnetti as, like, a beetroot? Come on. No, uh... What's the mob boss's name? No, no. He's not even B-Roop. Taurus Boba. He's a... Taurus Boba. Who's that electric dude? That's who Homer Simpson actor plays. Oh, yeah. Uh, What was his name? Magnavolt? No. With the plug. Yeah, Magnavolt. Yeah, Magnavolt. There you go. With the the plug on his head. Darkwing has... Who's the plant guy? Uh, Something root. Beetroot, maybe. There's neg- yeah, there's Dr. Slug, Negadet, Taurus, Bilbo, Fluffy, Megavolt. He had a good... He, he, honestly, he had a good ro- uh, rogues gallery. And then he had the yeah. the other, the alternative Darkwing Duck. Like, Bushroot, you're right. It's yeah, Bushroot. Bushroot. Like he had the negative, the anti-flash for yeah, him. Ne- Negaduck. Negaduck. That's what, was he called Negaduck? Negaduck. But he was the yellow with the... Didn't he have like the black? He was yeah. yellow. Yellow and black or something. They do that. That's a comic trope, isn't it? Yeah, they do like yeah, it is. Yeah. Speaking of which, back at it again. Like we never left. Coke and dank. Dank and coke. We are D Lethal Weapons. Hey Dank. Hey Coke. I asked a Frenchman if he played video games. He said we. Hello again, friend of a friend. I knew you were Do you want my honest opinion? <laughs> no, I no, yeah. no, I don't. I don't. I don't. But I do think we should have casual sex. <laughs> Maybe one of the best paddles in six issues of a, a, a day in Canadian Ferris Bueller's life with his eyes. Yes. And and okay, so we're talking about uh, Scott Pilgrim and all things Scott yeah. Pilgrim today. All things Scott Pilgrim. This this one's a bit. This one was a time in the making. And this episode, yes, this episode was a time in the making. But like this, 
project was like a labor of love. Like you can see in all iterations how much everyone that worked on it really enjoyed what they were working on. Um, specifically of the comic, like it's Toronto based and you see so many different Toronto things in it that it's kind of hilarious and kind of comforting too because we're Toronto kids, right? As the title says, Scott Pilgrim, everything. That's why we just called it Scott Pilgrim because we got Scott Pilgrim versus the universe, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, the game a little bit even in that. I actually just played a bit of it right now. How was it? Sucks by yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a team you, up, need, yeah. you need coach because it, it's very grindy. So I don't. I got bored real fast. Like I was in the first level. I was like, I don't want this. But if you had, because I remember the original one came out in like 2010 for PS3 and, and I think Xbox, and then it got removed from the storefront. Okay. Because of licensing issues, and uh, it just came back a couple of years ago, but with online plays. So now you can play online, and it's like, so it's it's fun, but it's kind of grindy. So it's not really for me, but. And does he still have that sort of like Street Fighter element to him, where like he uses uh, Adukins and well, not Adukins, sure you can. I, I didn't get there. I only you you got to level up. That's not even by grinding. You got to keep playing the same thing over and over again oh. and get your guys up to like level sixteen. I think is the cap. Right. But you can be uh, you can be Scott, Ramona, Knives, um, Stephen, and Wallace, Kim, Kim, and Wallace, and Wallace. You mean Wallace? No, Young Neil. No, Young Neil. No, Julia. No, Ju- yeah, she's. So it's it's interesting. We'll talk about. We'll start from the where the with the comic because sure. that's the first thing that comes up. So we'll start with that. We'll get into that. But I was going to say you brought up Julia and Amazing. or Julie. And what's funny is that she, a lot of these characters I had different opinions of depending based like from the book to the show, right? To the movie, right? Like some of them I didn't really like in the book, but I liked them in the movie, yes. and then vice versa. Well, who didn't Did you, you like in the movie? movie? Well, who didn't you like in the movie? Yeah. The movies, yeah, it's very good. It's, point. it's arguably one of the best casted movies at a time where all of these potential A-listers weren't A-listers yet. They were just kind of yeah. right on the yeah, right on. on the cusp, so you could afford to get them for these small parts, and they kind of turned them into like bigger things. Even the cameos in that movie is kind of hilarious and awesome. But we will get there uh, in terms of the book. We kept saying, like, there's so many characters. I don't know if they're all necessary, but Mm. the way the books read, like, you don't miss anything. Like, you're getting every little step of his mundane life as a, uh, and then every little celebration and things that, like, um, peak and valley, right? Like, all of his celebrations and successes, like, you get those, but then you get, like, I'm just going to wake up and eat cereal. Yeah, you get those as well. Uh, before we go too far into it, we, I will say this is published by Oni Press back in uh, 2009, 2010, written, by, written and drawn by Brian Lee O'Malley. Good for him. So like you were saying, uh, Canada's passion own. project. Yeah. This, was his, this was his baby. And another, and, another artist writer, which yes. is not an easy bag as we keep finding, but when you can do it, you can't do any wrong, right? I keep changing my opinion on this because we used to talk about like, oh, if you write and draw your own book, it's not really great. But now I'm just keep getting proved wrong over yeah. and over and over. So it's like, man, I really got to check myself before. Was it you that said I can't remember. I think you may have mentioned it and then I just wrote with it. <laughs> but I'm the one who keeps putting my foot in my mouth now. <laughs> so, I think it really lies on the art style, right? Like, it's one thing if you're chasing another art style for your book, regardless of how the story plays out. But if you know this is how you're going to draw 
and this is what it's going to look like, then it's very easier for a reader to get lost in that and that style and grow into it as opposed to like, oh, this kind of reminds me of something else, right? And for Scott Pilgrim and O'Malley, uh, it's very distinctive, right? It's nothing that you can write home about, right? Like we were drawing like this, let's say in like grade three, four, but there's a yeah. there's a charm to it. There's a cuteness. And then he understands expression really well. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the art, because the art let's we'll start with that, because the art is it's very unique. Um yes. Yeah. But it's not. But it's it's weird because you were saying it's like it's like how you draw when you are a kid, but yet it has this flavor to it that's um especially Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, you, you get now, it, you get it more in like long shots and close shots where like uh characters' eyes grow and shrink. Um mm-hmm. If it anytime it's a close up, it's a wide eye and it's giant kind of like bubbles and everything, and you you think it's cute, but they're certain tones and depending on what somebody says the eyes will shrink like you'll see the stress lines you'll see the scare or the look off to the side like there's been a couple panels where a character says something hilarious and it's not received like you made the joke about we should have sex right now and then like he looked the next panel like he looks off to the side because he's like oh i said something completely awkward right now and it works it just hits harder because i think he o'malley understands his artwork and what he's trying to get across yeah, it's great, and it's so there's a, there's that like um, anime flavor to it right. with the expressions and the but it's not huge. It's not like manga anime, but it's just it's got that little bit of a flavor, and then it's got a little bit of like we were talking before, like Ren and Stimpy, yeah, where he kind of they go like the whole like you said the, the, that that one that one line we're gonna go back to. It's like we could have we should have casual sex, and then he kind of goes and then like everything's dark, and his face is dark, and the room is dark, and he's like, oh. It's like all the world's closing in on them. It's that one frame. It's it's fun to it's fun to look at. The one downside, maybe not the one, but one downside I have from it is that I like for this is like six volumes. Mm-hmm. Now I read this fast. I don't know if I don't know if I think we both did. We read it within yeah. like a few days, yeah. right? Um, which is hard to do, like which is hard to do because I think this book is better spread out. Yes, I think I'd appreciate it more if I read it across like issue to issue mm-hmm. or just one volume every few weeks or whatever. But, I, but we read it quick for this, for this show. So everything was fresh and I had a hard time. These secondary characters. I don't know who was who. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, I don't know who this is. I don't know. I'm like, there's the guy with the facial hair. There's Scott. There's the guy who looks like Scott. Right. And then there's another guy named other Scott <laughs> who kind of looks like Scott, right. but it's not, I was like, I don't know who's who. Like yeah. young Neil kept getting lost in the. Yes. <laughs> We, we talk about art styles, but nobody's really distinctive other than Ramona Flowers, and it's because Ramona, she yeah. keeps changing her hair color, so she stands out. Um, then they kind of give uh, a different look to Envy and like her kind of growth, but everyone else could kind of really be interchangeable, which lends to the charm, but is terrible if you're trying to like fast track and, like you were saying, read everything, yeah. because there's so many more characters than I think that are necessary, but he definitely world built like this entire version of Toronto. Um, so he's pulling friends that all have like specific roles and they just need to say this, these two lines for this next scene that I'm building like down the line. But there's like 30 characters in there. And it's like, relax. yeah, and a lot, there's a lot. Yeah. And they, he, he tries to give almost all of them like decent backstories right. and stuff, which is cool. You flush them out, but it's like, they just get jumbled because, because of the art style for the facial features and stuff is so i don't want to say basic but so just well it's simple it's neat what it's, it's clean. simple yeah. there you go. that's the word it's like, simple it's like a lot of them kind of get 
if, when they start changing clothes and stuff, I'm like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Getting haircuts and stuff. I'm like, the only way you know, know. is because he's front and center. And he always has a video game shirt. You're like, yep, that's my boy. Um, yeah. To your yeah. point, right? Like, there's a Julie character, and it, by like book four, there's two new characters who kind of replace Julie. They do her yeah. work, and like, there's an in joke about like, well, you're not Julie, but like, give me the stuff that Julie knows. And it's like, well, I guess it seems like filler, right? Like, this is easily a comic book that could have had an editor and be like this only really needs to be four issues but i don't know if we would have lost uh the charm that is going on with the day in day out grind that is scott pilgrim's life and it's weird well because it, it's the whole book is i was trying to find a way to explain for those who don't know what the book is about and it's i saw a line and i think it was on reddit it just encapsulates Scott Pilgrim perfectly. And it says this, Scott Pilgrim is Twilight for boys. <laughs> is this what Twilight's like? All right. <laughs> Basically. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming it's it's a lot of relationship. Because yeah. this book is, like, I, I signed up for the seven evil exes. Okay. And the fighting. Like, I, you know, because that's what they advertise it. It's he, he, he meets Ramona Flowers and he wants to be with her. But in order to be with her... He has to fight off her seven exes that are evil. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of funny. And, but the head in the world is presented. Like, yeah. And just yeah. go off that. Right. It's fun. And the world is presented like a video game. Right. Where like punching a guy through a roof and like through a couple of buildings and stuff is like, it's not really that out of the norm. Right. Except it kind of is. I don't know. It's weird. Like their fights are very, it's just, it's, I like the world that he's built because it's, it's silly. <laughs> but it's not it's also normal at the same time yes. like the, there's a lot of video game normal. yeah there's a lot of video game logic so there's things in there they're like okay i know this from a video game and that's why he does that so like that breaks kind of as you were saying it's kind of like a cw show there's a lot of relationship talk in it and you don't realize yeah. that until you get in the weeds and like when he's dealing with lisa and the lisa between like there's oh. a lot of triangles with knives and ramona and lisa and kim and to brian's credit I think the women are handled, at least the main women are handled fairly well in like three dimensional, right? Like I get everything that Lisa's been going through. I get kind of like Kim's backstory. Uh, Ramona's semi mysterious, but that's for a purpose, right? Um, yeah. And then you have our little Canadian Ferris Bueller right in the middle, who's just like, yeah, everything sucks, but everything works out for me. But everything sucks. Yeah. But yeah. it kind of works out for yeah. me, right? So he's living that he's, in he's... and out. He's got this. He's got this aura about him that's kind of like I know we talked about before this, and by the end of it, I was sick of him. I was like, I couldn't stand him. But in the beginning, I really liked him. I, I think I just got bored of him because I read so much, so fast. crammed together. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, like just because he's got probably one of the worst arcs in the story. Yeah, was, like if you got what does he learn? <laughs> to exactly, like the last, last page, and that, and that's kind of the point, right? Like Scott, the, the, Scott and Ramona are supposed to be unlikable now i actually like ramona yeah, i understand ramona, that ramona she's going sharp. through she's got some demons and some baggage and she's trying to get through it and she doesn't like something she bails right i respect that but <laughs> scott's just scott's just chaotic that's, right? a, that's like, an interesting thing to respect if things don't work out i just bail um well, i understand that though I, my point. I get it i think that's the credit to o'malley a lot of these characters are relatable like even mm -hmm. julie who's supposed to be like an asshole you kind of understand where she's coming from. Like Ramona is her friend. She knows who like Scott is and like Scott's going to do. And she, and I, don't, I can't remember if it's Scott or like Scott's sister that brings up 
um how much of a like a ladies man he is and like he kind of undercuts that he's like well no like uh what about uh like cindy at the mall he's like well like that there's a story for that and it's like what about uh julie at the supermarket it's like okay there's a funny thing that happened there right so like he's always trying to backtrack the fact that like he kind of just runs through women right like scott scott's a pimp like he's kind of got everything going for him except the fact that his life is like not put together yeah, he's almost like he's almost like Peter Parker if he didn't have any responsibility or any senses. Like he just, you know, he just ends up with all these girls. It's like, it's like why or how? I don't know. He just kind of charms his way through it. I don't because he's he's almost he's so like doe eyed and dumb. That's just like he's hard to like not seem lovable. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, but equally like self centered and like yeah, like greedy. Like he's and just like. When things don't work out for him, he's like, why is it working out for me? And like Wallace, like his best friend who he shares his space with, um, is constantly like, well, you got to work harder at the things that you like. You got to put effort in. He's like, I don't want to do that though, right? So yeah. it's it's interesting going back to that age. Like Scott's written as 22, 23. And I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure we were that type. Just like, ugh, like everything is the worst, but everything can still be the best. And like, he's, he's 24 in the in this book, but he's like, I think he's 22 in the movie, but we'll get to that. But yeah, he's 24 here and he, I, he has a 25th birthday too. Um, but yeah, it's, he's just kind of like, he's all like, you know, when he's trying, when he wants to be with Ramona, but he's currently dating knives. Right. And he's like, and Wallace's like, you got to break up with her. He's like, but it's hard. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I've been there. I, yeah, I've definitely been there. And where he like, there's no real clean break. So he's got to take advantage of, Ramona paying the little bit of attention to him. So he invites her to his uh, gig for his concert or for his band. And Knives is still like clinging to like, oh, this is my relationship. I like this man. So she shows up and then he gets put in this like awkward situation where he just ends up running. He's like, I have to go. Um, so there's those funny moments in between all the like, day and day with his friends right and i think that's really what the book is the book is about friendship right as much as you know that there's relationships that he's aiming for it's the people that are around him that are supporting him and i can't say that he's supporting yet like he has to learn that but the people around him are kind of his family unit and that's how his day-to-day works so it's quaint it's cute it's fun and then an evil ex shows up we get into yeah, that's the thing, and then, and then that's the part of that. And then an evil ex shows up, and you don't know if you're gonna get a fight or not. Because I know, like, uh, like in the second one with Lucas, Lucas Lee, they didn't fight. Yeah, it's just a just bread, and it's like, yeah. okay, you just built up to all the. So it's it's kind of weird. It's weird in that way because that that's what frustrated me about the book because I wanted to see these evil exes, but sometimes they took so long to get to, and they were just bouncing between all this relationship stuff, and it got a little too melodramatic for me i was like i don't and then really care about all this you would think it would be easy one book one x but like toward yeah i think like todd like he it's not even a fight like it takes a couple issues before like there's even sort of conflict it's more just like uh poking jokes at each other and like sizing each other up before like real things happen uh the katanagi twins like that's not even a fight, that, that, fight. like it's, it's just like, not it, that, they send a robot after him and it's like ah. so there's, yeah. there's definitely interesting choices here um and it's weird because we both seen the movie and we already know kind of what we love from the movie but the movie is just smart enough to like streamline a lot of these crazy fun ideas that i don't know if o'malley 
knew what he had, right? Like he's telling a story and that's good. He's got the relationship stuff down. He's got the friendship stuff down. But the seven million X's, you would think writes itself, but he kind of elongates stuff that like doesn't need more time and more exposition with. That's that's so well said. I was just thinking in my head too. I was like, it's almost like he started with like this idea, you know, boy meets girl has to fight ex-boyfriends to get girl. Right. Yep. Great. And fun. But then like, cause he, cause he fights the first two really fast. Mm-hmm. It's like, boom, boom. He fights. Uh, what's the first guy? Matthew. Real, like Patel, right yes. away. Matthew would tell right away. And then Lucas Lee, Lucas right after, but it's not really a fight. And yep. then there's like this drag. It's like they did taught. And then there's this long drag. And it's like, and like backstory for here? all these characters. And it's like, yeah, you, just, you, you lost me in like, you had me rolling with like, okay, and I'm waiting for that next X to show up. And then we go f- back into the fun. Right. Um, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. At one point, I was like, what happened to the exes? Like, what happened to all the fight? Like, isn't that what we were? But he kind of changes the story halfway through, which is his his choice. Right. It's, it's his book. But it kind of it threw me for a bit of a loop because I'm that's what I was looking for. That's what I'm looking forward to. Every right. issue, I'm like, okay, he's getting, to an, he's getting to get to a fight this issue. And then you finally get there and they don't even fight. And yeah. It's like, okay. And I got to go talk about Lisa just... now because Lisa wants to hang out with us. Yeah. It's like, oh, it went super relationship easy. It's like, that's. I thought you, that's not the premise you sold me on to get into the book, right? Um, then, then you have the side fights like Knives and Ramona. Like that's cool. Like that stuff's cool. Like give us some more of that. That's fine. But yeah, the the relationshipy thing is like, especially considering that they played know. up Scott Pilgrim to be one one of the best fighters in the province, right? Like that's a line that's yeah. out there. And two, like the rest of his friends and characters, anytime someone breaks in. They, they literally say Scott's got it. Like, he, he's got this under control, right? So it seems like he's the best uh, unintentional superhero because he's got the fighting ability, he's got the courage, and he'll just go for it. The fact that every time he beats up an evil ex, they spontaneously combust into money, and he's like, sweet. Yeah. He gets bust for it. It's like <laughs> another charm of the book. But yeah. in, in, in the hands of somebody else, you would think that, like, Scott would have to prove himself at each level and, like, learn and, like, XP up and kind of, like, rise to the occasion. But... I guess O'Malley's charm is he didn't lean into that. Like he subverted expectations. Like, okay, no, let's go talk about this dynamic about um, how you met a friend in Peterborough. She went away and then you moved to Toronto and she's, she's back in your life. Right. So, yeah. And some of the other subplots are weird. Like some of the other things, I don't think they really needed at all. Like, you know, the one with like knives, dad. Yeah. What was that? Like, I don't like, so there's, that, there's what that actually is. makes sense, right? Like knives is 17. And she's dating a twenty-three-year-old Scott. The one, we didn't, the one constant. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. There's, there's some. We didn't talk about some, that. That bothered me. Some, I was like, yes, there's some icky things going on there. The one constant theme in that uh, relationship would be, my family disapproves of this. Like, who are you, right? So, like, I, that made sense. It just didn't go with the the straight narrative of seven even exes, right? Like, it's again, you were saying side mission, but her dad's a, like basically like played as a samurai and now like just wants to <laughs> kill <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Which was cool, but then like they get they get to it and Scott's just like, I'm a really good guy, you gotta trust me. And he's kinda like, okay. <laughs> that is right? And I was like, well what the hell was the point of that? And he just walks off. And then ultimately he's not a nice guy because he breaks knives heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then, he, then he goes and then his her dad goes home. And he's like, Knives, you can be with the white boy. And it's like, what? what? Huh? You just take his word? Like, that was such a waste of time. Because it was cool. They built him up as, like, this mysterious villain. And it's like, oh, is that one of Ramona's exes? And this guy is kind of old. I don't think she dated him, yeah. right? So he was like, oh, this is other villain. And it ends up being kind of a 
wet fart <laughs> of an art, in my opinion. Anyway. That's weird. That's kind of is weird. Scott Pilgrim a con man or like the Canadian Ferris Bueller? I don't Question. think he's smart enough to be a con man. <laughs> but I think I think he's Ferris Bueller. But he like he uh, emotional con man. Let me just preference that. Yes, because he yeah, okay. he plays on everybody's emotion. He ends up crashing at a lot of people's houses. I haven't seen him pay for one meal. <laughs> <laughs> when Ramona takes him in, there's funny panels of like Ramona gets up early, goes to the shower, gets dressed, and he doesn't even do that. But she's like, "I have to go. I have to go to work. I have to go pick up laundry. I have to go here. I have to go get dentist." Like she lists six things. He's like, "Hey, can you do the dishwasher?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." And then spends the the rest of the day just looking at his phone. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. But like, how do you redeem that? Like Scott's like, not nah, like, come on, bro. And just like yeah, and she, immediately moved in together, like the, that took what an issue and a half, maybe. Yeah, it was really fast. Well, it's because Walls kicked him out. <laughs> he had nowhere to go. So like, he had nowhere to go. <laughs> is it really funny? Is he evolving, or is he pushed to the next level because he has no choice? Right, like it's Ooh, it's it's the Scott doesn't change. It's the elementary school of uh, we don't fail you. You gonna go to the next grade? Like we just hope the next teachers can help you with whatever patchwork that you need. It's, uh, yeah, Scott, Scott doesn't change. It's just some people around him do. I think the one of the best arcs is probably Knives because she's yes. so young and impressionable. And, and like I said, it opens with like and go through the, the first. Go the first scene is like, oh, Scott's dating a high schooler, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was reading, it's like, what? She's seventeen. I'm twenty five. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is not I'm, good. This is not this good. Is, this is this isn't even funny. This is weird. And it's her first boyfriend too, right? And that also yeah. plays into things, right? Um, I think O'Malley used that as a way to keep it innocent because the most that happens between them is like a, a, a kiss. And even then, like Scott's not even ready for it. So that whole panel yeah. is like, looks like knives in love and she lunges for it. And then you see the stress and like the, the look yeah. of, like terror. <laughs> it's at times it's like, oh no, like yeah. I'm, I'm cross the line. Like it's too far too fast. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's some icky things. But again, this, this book is kind of, I'll argue the other side. I think uh, progressive. There's a lot of same-sex uh, relationships yeah. and fluidity, and um, actually, like, nice kind of gets slutted out too because she has a moment with Kim, right? Like, and then like starts hanging out with Steven. All right, no, I'm yeah. I'm back on your side. Like, she's yeah. too impressionable that she just yeah she learned fast. She, yeah, she learned fast yeah. in this world. Uh, well, then she's then she's dating just to piss Scott off, yeah. and then she's doing the Ramona thing. Like it's, I understand she's, but that's, that doesn't make me feel bad for us. Like, man, she's like five, was this eight years apart, which isn't really that big of a deal when you're in your thirties no. or you're <laughs> both in your twenties. That's what I mean. Yeah. Or yeah, 21 and 29. Not really that. I mean, that'd be a little bit weird for me, but I, I'm just saying, it, at least it doesn't, at least it's not illegal. Um, But yeah, they, they, like you said, they play it off as like, he's basically just looking for companionship because he's still broken up about when Envy dumped him, right? right? But it's just, like, you couldn't have made her 18. I don't know why you had, like, at least that. that I don't know. That I, is a choice. It was, like you always say, it, that was a choice. And this movie could, and, I'm sorry, this uh, comic could have been completely different through the eyes of Knives, who imagine if yep. she was the center focus and the protagonist, right? Just like, oh, I think this guy is great, and then slowly realizes he's not, but, like, all of his friends yeah. are great, and, like, I learned more about myself. Because I, I, I think Knives and maybe Ramona have the best. Knives and I'm going to say Kim. I take that back. Knives and Kim, I think, have the best arc in this. There's like attention. Yeah, Knives definitely has it, yeah. to it. Um, there's a weird thing that happens with Steven with all of a sudden, like, 
he's gay. He's gay? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and the payoff was he just spent all his time producing a record in the roommate of Julie's, who's gay, room. And one day he comes out and he's like, hey, man, no, Scott, I'm gay. I told you this one time. And like a thread of conversation. And I was like, huh? They were hinting at it, though, when like – when they are putting the music music together, remember they'd go visit them. Right. They're like, what are you guys doing? Or just putting this, producing like by yourselves? Like, yeah. It's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way it was written, it was kind of like, all right, well, clearly, going for something. something something's going on here. But then in the end, it's just kind of like, yeah, like you said, it's like, yeah, I told you, you just weren't listening. Yeah. <laughs> Which plays into like Scott. Like, there's all this stuff happening with all his friends, but he has no idea, or like, doesn't even bother to be like, hey, Kim, are you okay? Like, Kim's kind of suffering through a lot of this stuff. As she's getting, Kim's an interesting, yeah, interesting character. She's an interesting character. Looking around online and stuff, and kind of gathering like people's thoughts about yeah. things. Like, like I obviously I've read everything, so I had my own opinions formed mm-hmm. before that. But I kind of like getting the lay of the land a little bit, especially in like dedicated forums and things. And it seems like she's like a fan favorite. Yeah, like everybody really loves Kim. Why did I? I didn't. I was kind of neutral on her. I thought she was interesting. I like the little side quest they go on at the end. Right. Um, where he kind of goes and... He goes back to It's almost like and she's his... He, yeah. yeah, she's like his safe place. Yep. Like he goes to her and it's kind of like they, they had a pass and it's pretty clear that she still somehow loves him or something like right. that, but it may never... <laughs> they try and kiss like that was weird. That's not. <laughs> but it was also like unresolved. It's, like they were dating in Peterborough, yeah. and like he leaves to go to Toronto, but doesn't tell Kim the girl he's dating. He tells Lisa, his best friend. And again, I I I think we both in been in positions where we're not great with communications. But like you <laughs> <laughs> to uh, left the city and like did tell the girl that you were dating is like that's a big one. She's not gonna come back from that like the way you want her to. Yeah, so she was interesting. Like I said, she she was kind of a fan favorite among uh, dedicated forums and stuff like that, from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I really liked uh, Wallace. He was constant, just hilarity. Hilarious. Just screw me up. He was yeah. really funny all the time. He's like that deadpan gay friend that yeah. just like, he's just hitting on him in the most sarcastic ways at all times and just kind of dropping knowledge. Like, you got to break up with knives. Right. Like you got to do something. What do you like? You can't just. Are you sitting at the door waiting for your Amazon package? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's the website what for Amazon.ca? Amazon.ca. Yeah. Amazon.ca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's. He was kind of. He was the one that kind of. He was helping keep Scott in, not in line, but just kind of in the real world. Right. Like, listen, man, you can't just be a, a, an idiot all the time. I guess he's just Gandalf. He helped him get on his the end off. There you go. That's, 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 that's a wise, wise little sage. So I relate to him. Um, he didn't really have. He was. He's mature when you start him. So I don't. When you start the book, so I don't know how much of an actual arc he had. But he. Um, he does. He does have an arc. His is more relationship based, right? Like because he's banging dudes randomly and steals uh, Scott's sister's boyfriend. Boyfriend. Yeah, at, yeah, yeah. At, that's what I was gonna get the, to. Yeah. At the gig, which is hilarious. He's like again, one. <laughs> Like that's how else he's a little hoe, eh? Yeah. He's a little hoe. But by, by the end, like he's he's living with mobile, uh, like he's in like yeah. a, a serious relationship with the dude. And like I think that's yeah. growth, right? He decided like, nope, this is it. And you don't even get to see that because we're looking at it through the viewpoint of Scott. It's a conversation that Wallace has to be has to have with Scott. It's like, no, like I actually like love this guy now, right? Like we're trying to make this thing work. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And I think like um, Mobile has like special powers or something. There's something where Scott tries to do something and th- there's a lot of games. Yeah, he, there's a lot of things happening. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of games. Here to, I liked him and I also liked uh, Envy. I really liked Envy. There you go. When they, when, they, when they break about her, they talk about her backstory and stuff. And yeah. I was like, that's kind of like she comes from a, I guess, sad where she comes from. Uh, you know, like in terms of like before they met at college at university yeah like she yeah so she's she's a, like this innocent girl and then she kind of becomes a bit of a, a bit of a bitch but yeah. it's but but it's tragic like she doesn't she's not doing it because she's spiteful she's doing it because she feels like she has to right it's 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 okay so like the university is kind of a fun dynamic and i appreciate the flashback because you mm-hmm. get more depth of how everybody rolls um so her original name is Natalie, right? Um, yeah. They form a band where Scott is initially playing drums, and I think it's that's the Kid Chameleon band, and then that's how they meet yeah. Steven um, Styles, and they all start to grow. But then Natalie, again, as you're saying, starts to find that change. Like she's no longer geeky. She sees like this is kind of working for me. I'm gonna kind of lean really far into it, and she's trying to find her identity, right? Right. Brings in. Cole as the drummer and move Scott to bass. So like that's a whole that's a whole shift that like I'm not a musician, but if my girlfriend asked me to switch from one instrument to a completely new one to stay in my band, like that's a whole dynamic right there. Because if you dedicated your life to one instrument, then like that's your thing, right? And this was Scott. Scott yeah. was a, a drummer. Um, I don't know how easy it is to transition from drums to bass, but my girl did that. Like, so you can start seeing the fractions of where their mentality is. Like, Scott just wants to kind of like hang out and have fun, but Natalie Envy starts to see like, oh no, this can be a thing, right? So she eventually she was right. Yeah, she eventually steals the band right from under her, and the Scott that breakup kind of like breaks Scott, and he has to go on this, I guess, soul searching post college sojourn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or inevitably, he ends up finding sex bombs, right, and forming that with yeah. Stephen and Kim. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I found I found her interesting because I just found her arc how she started one way and she became another way, and then she kind of grows up and realizes that she can't really be either of those things. She's just kind of getting through and she's getting by, and she's you know she's got a bad rap, but she did it to herself, so she's kind of reflective. Mm-hmm. I really I don't know. I just I when she, when they I didn't like her at first, obviously, because she right. was. Well, she's painted as a bad guy, and then you find out like, she is. Yeah, it's more of consequence, and she has a stronger kind of relation to Gideon Graves and kind of that dynamic, yep. right? Like Gideon's bankrolling everything, and is using her as like a paper doll. And he's like, just this way, sing this way, this, and she's like, what? Like, what? Am, where am I going? What am I doing? This is exactly movie, right. So, no, I exactly. That. Yeah, I liked I liked that a lot. Right when in the ending when they meet in the street or whatever, and she's kind of like they have that little chat. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, she's she's interesting. I kind of. I dig this, but those those were my two. Those were the two that stood up for me. It was Wallace and me. Anybody stand up for you that you liked? Uh, the ones that you, that you named. I really like Julie because she just kind of like inserts yeah. herself, and she's always mad for whatever reason. And I've seen those chick, chicks before, and uh, they're always hot. She's she's kind of like Julie's kind of like the, the the person that you says everything you want to say, right? Like she's not afraid <laughs> to look like the grouch, right? It's kind of like... until like you see what she's really about when. Uh, Envy comes back and like she's doing anything to stay in the conversation, stay relevant. Where there's already kind of all this animosity with all the different pairings in that room, but it's 
it's Julius trying to be like, hey, okay, like, cool, we can talk about this. And it's like, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work here, right? There's too many things going on. Um, and I really like Ramona. Like, Ramona is yeah. played to be mysterious and kind of this gust of wind that Scott wasn't expecting. And you can see how quick that he turned his head. Like, I think they get her completely down pat. She's really independent. She knows who she is. She's had some bad luck. But, like, that's part of her story. And she's unapologetic about everything she's gone through. She just understands, these are the rules if you want to be with me, right? And her baggage is there. Where Scott's still trying to figure out what his baggage is. Some some of that might be dating underage chicks. But we're going to... Weird. (laughs) And I also like young Neil. Because he gets a lot of throwaway lines. And there's a certain moment where Scott's like, you are no longer young Neil. We will call you... Neil, and then he Neil. gets the bright hide. It's like, yeah. like that's what he's waited for. And I was like, oh, that's, that's such a good side mission for him, right? Like he's just waiting to be respected by his friends. Yeah, because for a long time he's just there. Yeah, it's his house. He's he was. I think he's the roommate with uh, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. There's so many roommates. So it's like it's kind of like uh, I was gonna say Melrose Place or something like that. They all essentially live in the the same unit. They all live in. Well, here's the Toronto reference. They're all in the village. They all live in a. I'm glad you actually said that because there's a lot. I actually wrote I wrote down a whole bunch of references to Toronto and excuse me, and to video games too. There's a lot of video game references here. They all live in Liberty Village. There you go. I got my reference. Liberty Village, yeah. That's what it, that's what it seems like to me. Well, yeah. No, give give us all the references. Because well, there story. was there was one there's one throwaway line for Amazon. Remember, there's like Amazon. which has nothing to do with nothing to do with Ontario or, or Toronto, but it's Amazon was known like. Oh, the lady's like, oh, she works for Amazon because everybody's trying to get Ramona to to come to his door. Right. And like, oh, is that the place? Is that the online bookstore? I was right. like, huh. wow, I remember when Amazon was just a bookstore. And you get and you start getting CDs. I will say yeah. it's it's Canadian because they said .ca as opposed to .com. They didn't say .ca. Yeah, yeah. so they I, didn't say I, that. I did laugh at that. Because I'm looking back, I have a stack of graphic novels over there, and I'm pretty sure I bought my first bunch before amazon was anything but books <laughs> and like cds right so that, that was like oh yeah wow it was, it was only like 12 13 years ago that this was a bookstore that, that shit blew up quick um anyways there are so some of the video game and, and other references that be like their song names right. launchpad mcquack yep that's good talking about darkwing yep. before this yep. so that was kind of cool <laughs> uh band names was sonic and knuckles there was a band name the original name was Mount. That was Lisa and um, Scott before in like yeah. high school. Yeah. So there's actually a lot of Sonic and Knuckles or Sonic throwaway lines. Like, you know, when he kills Roxy and she breaks into like animals. Oh, yeah. That's and what happens. Yeah, yeah, Sonic, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. There's that. Um, even, even, even Roxy's last name, Roxy Richter, is a throwaway to like Castlevania, which oh. is Richter Belmont. Right. So, um, they go to I'm trying to see. Oh, the Sonic and Tails splash screen in issue four is a splash screen with like they're sitting. The, the, the <laughs> oh, the okay, the back to back, like yeah, the yeah, Green yeah. Hill Zone. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, there's okay. Let's get to the Toronto stuff. Well, you see the, the pizza. Canadian you stuff. see the pizza, pizza. You see the Goodwill. They ride the TTC. Uh, they go to Castle they, Loma. Castle Loma's there. They mentioned Pacific Mall. Yeah, oh, yeah. Where they, yeah. Is where they crown Crash and the dummy, and the other story, the drummer for Crash. Um, there's a Gord Downey cut. Nice. There's the Castelloma thing. Honest Ed's is in Honest this. Honest Ed's is huge. Um, so it's Sneaky D's. T- it's still around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The TTC's there. There's a 
there's a TML poster in one, in one <laughs> issue. Is <there? laughs> yeah. They talk about Dundas Square. Awesome. They talk about Lick's Burgers. They do talk about Lick's Burgers. P.E.I. Potato. There you go. The, the Dufferin Mall. Not particularly exciting. <laughs> that's, not, that's not true. There's, there's some things going on at Dufferin Mall. Yeah. They talk, they talk about Nipissing University wow. so in North Bay. University um, of Toronto. Scarborough Zoo. Second Cup is there. Yes. Kensington Market is in there. There's a, there's a lot of cut. Go Train. They have like streets like the Queen Queen and Bathurst. They talk about specific like it's yeah it's yeah it loves Toronto. It knows it's a Toronto thing. Um, they talk about video games. The fact that he's wearing a goose down jacket, but made sure to put a patch that's X Men's uh, gifted X Men yeah. uh, school X Men gifted X Men school of gifted yeah I don't the know. gifted youngsters. There we go. They put yeah. that on there. Um, the fact that he fights like Street Fighter, like he's doing the Shoryukens, and he does like the juggling fights up in the air where he gets the max combos. Um, when he break, when all the villains break into change, it's usually Toonies, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's also there's a lot of love for Toronto and uh, our city in this, which is great. Yeah, that was really dope, man. I wrote those I wrote those down as on the fly, so I'm sure I've missed some because, like I said, I wrote it fast. But there was there was a lot of things that caught my eye. I was like, that's Really cool, man. Right. It's we don't get a lot of love like that. It's not like imagine if you lived in New York and like the center, like the universe centers around you're the center of the universe. Every movie is about New York. Everything, yeah. That's what everyone, it feels like all the time. Everyone's got a Yankee hat on. We get it. Yeah, Yankees are yeah, in we the hood. We're them Jays. We're them, we're them, we're them Jays. <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about for the book before we move on to the movie? Take time. Um, I would digest each book like give yourself a week because there's a lot of stuff going in there even the mundane uh i found myself going back to certain panels and seeing how characters react to things said and there's fun stuff going on in the background as opposed to trying to fly through this so you can finish it um it's not a fun read uh compared to like let's say darkwing duck but it's interesting like i feel that uh o'malley really understands his characters and it's giving them all the leeway to make mistakes and have flawed so that's its charm. Like these are, all of them have flaws, but all of them have like great things about them that you're hoping each of them sees and helps plays up. So, yeah. And he 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 clearly cares about his work too. He put a lot of you can tell he put a lot whether you like it or not. He put a lot of effort into this. He put a lot of research into it. He put a lot of just heart into it. There's a lot of heart. Like you said, there's like the relationship stuff. It, it drags in the middle, especially the I think the third to fifth ish volume. Right. Those are like, oh man, like get over this stuff. <laughs> at the same time, though, it's like it's carefully crafted. Yeah. How how much of it do you think is autobiographical, or do you think characters were inspired with people from his life? I think it's inspired by. Yeah. That's how I. I don't know. That's how I would do it. I wouldn't take somebody directly as they are from my life, but I would take them and amplify them. Mm-hmm. To the nth degree, or like make an amalgamation of like a couple different different people in one, like a trip. You know, make someone really eccentric by taking this this person's you know sense of humor. This person, that's how I would do it. I don't know if that's how he. There's a lot of characters in this, so maybe he's super popular, knows a lot of people, or maybe these are all like people he legit knows. I don't know, or maybe he's just that creative (laughs) because who knows? But it's there's a lot of characters, a lot of love here. So even if you don't like it, I. I didn't love it, but I did have fun. Like, I don't regret reading it. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it's, it. It's a fun read. It's, yeah. It just needs its time. As for the movie. All right. 
get to the money. This one is Scott Pilgrim versus the world, whereas the book is Scott Pilgrim versus the universe. Got to get those differences in, right? This one came out in 2010, right? Not yeah. so, really not that long after the 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 books did. Which is good because they kind of really capitalize on, I'm going to give credit to Edgar Wright, capitalize on the gem that he saw within the book. Because what I kept telling you is this director managed to streamline everything that wasn't needed and give us a directive of the several even X's. Like that's, that's what gets me in the seats. It's the relationship that he has with his friends that keep me in the seat. But Ed so Wright I was, turned it I into just, an a- action movie. I was wrong. These books, the original first print of these books came out in 2004. Okay. The color print it wasn't until like, the color print was like after like 2012. And then the, the volumes, the re, there was like reprints in 2009. But then which did you read? Did you read the color or the black and white? Color. Yeah, same way. I think that added a lot to it. Yeah, I think you need color for this. Yes. The black and white. Imagine trying to differentiate between all those characters in black and white. No, not happening. And the only difference is one eye is going left and the other eyes are yeah. going right. No, that'd be a night. I'm sorry, that'd be a nightmare. But yeah, there was. I think it. I think it wrapped up in 2009. It started in 04, and it was every year or two the next volume would come out. So this was really dragged out. So if you started in 04 and went until the end, this was probably really rewarding because you get a whole lot of relationship unfolding over time. Whereas we read it in like a couple of days. Right. <laughs> Everything. It was a lot. Or you're like Coke. You got to read the comic first and then go into the movie as opposed to me. Yeah. I found the movie first and already knew like I'm, I'm in and then read the book and I was like, this is why I like the movie better. And I think yeah. we're both under agreement that the movie does so much more for the story that it's kind of better than the book. Do you want to go? I know you were talking about cast earlier and I know you, so let's do it. Do you have the, do you I have do. the cast list? I do. Uh, directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, writing credits are obviously Brian Lee O'Malley, Michael Bacall and Edgar Wright. The all-star cast begins with Michael Sarah playing Scott Pilgrim, Kieran Culkin playing Wallace Wells, Anna Kendrick playing Stacey Pilgrim, Allison Pill playing Kim Pine, the lovely, lovely Aubrey Plaza playing Julie Powers, lovely, the lovely, lovely Mary Elizabeth Winston playing Ramona Flowers, lovely, lovely, Jason Shortman playing Gideon Graves, Johnny Simmons playing Young Neil, Mark Weber playing Stephen Stills, lovely, lovely, uh, Eileen Wong playing Knives Chu. She was really sweet in this. Um, she's lovely, yeah. Satan Bahabap playing Matthew Patel. Will Bowers playing Partygoer. Sorry, I wasn't going to read Partygoer, but he got in. Uh, <laughs> 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 Let's go to Money Is. Chris Evans playing Lucas Lee. Uh, Chantel Chung playing Tamara Chen. Brie Larson, lovely, lovely, playing Envy Adams. Abigail Chu playing Trasha, Mae Whitman playing Roxy Richter, Brandon Routh playing Todd Ingram, um, Bill Hader as the voice, which I found out after reading this. Bill Hader was what voice? He's just the voice. So I I don't want to say narrator, but there are certain moments when ah. you hear a voiceover. Clifton Collins Jeweler playing Vegan Police, as well as Thomas Jane playing Vegan Police. Thomas Jane, I did recognize those two. That was awesome. Um, I think we got... The and Brian Lee O'Malley plays a cameo as Lee Place at the Lee Palace Bar. He's a patron. He's just sitting on, I think, a stool. Oh no way! But the amount of star power that you got into this movie in 2010, before like all of these guys became basically half of the MCU and the other half just it's taking over HBO. It's kind of unbelievable. Yes, 
like they actually got all these all these huge names now in one place and it's to, it's unreal to probably work for skill i think only scott uh, michael sarah is making the most money out of this maybe mary elizabeth winston but these are all of their like maybe first if not second movies yeah and with edgar wright kind of a virtually unknown at this point like he was doing the uh ice cream and blood trilogy but that's more to british audiences right i don't know if he's blown up right. to the level that he has now right um, no, I was looking. I was looking at his IMDb earlier today, and it's this is really one of his like early, early ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And man, he does good, good work with what he gets. He adapted some of the the movie's funnier than the book. Yes. I'll give you, I'll give you that right now. There's some scenes where I was, I actually laughed. Like you know the scene where um, knives comes to like he dumps knives and she comes over to <laughs> to visit. You know like I'm yeah, talking about, right? Jumps through the window. Just at the window because he runs one way and you think he's safe, but then he jumps. <laughs> Holy! And then um, Wallace is smart enough to like lean in the door so knives doesn't see him jumping, and he has to come back for his coat. Like there's a there's a lot of like sight cues and kill me that one. Right plays up the animation like he really leans yes. into the fact that this is a video game movie. So from the credits, you even get like Universal's pixelated, and you get the kind of a yeah. Mario sound. But it starts rocking, and as they're playing the band, like you get, like you feel the music coming through with all the vibrations. Like he understood the assignment and took it as far as you could because it's it's really amazing. Really, he, um, yeah, what he the, the, he really captured the the vibe, and then and kind of made it. I can't say he made it bigger, but he caught he captured the vibe and really just brought it to life. Yeah. Well, in a in a in in a, in a in a movie form, right? I'm glad he said the world because he contained what this world could be. Like yeah. I I look at it as Scott definitely levels up. Each boyfriend he goes up a level. He goes up a level. He goes up a level. And even when he's facing the Kanagi twins, who look like uh, twin Asian Jared Leto's, what what they do with that? Because instead of from the comic uh, Scott fighting little robots, it's band versus band. It's amp versus amp. And like yeah. they make kind of these like a giant yeti is formed from the sexbo bombs, and uh, the Kanagi twins have two dragons, yeah, and there's yeah. just audience in the middle, just and they're both rocking out to each other. Like it's one of the best scenes in it. I, I completely appreciated it. Um, and the again, it, you talk about how funny this movie is. The dragons scream, and it blows Scott and Steven, but in different directions. They like they they get lifted off their feet and then fall backwards but like one goes forward and one goes backwards and it's like this movie breaks the law of physics but it's so funny yeah, like it doesn't make sense it's yeah. so engaging that i can't look away yeah i've got a whole list of differences written down we'll we'll get to those at the end but we can talk about the movie itself and just how how it all worked and we we're talking about how funny it was another part that really really killed me like legitimately got me was when um he what was it? He sees he he meets Ramona at the bar, and I think it's when he sees knives or envy with somebody, and he, and then he's got this wheel that shows up in his head. Okay, and he's looking for a response. And it's like, <laughs> it goes right through it. She's like, oh. Yeah, she's like, "Who's her?" And he's like, "I got a pee." Versus who her? And then it kind of stops in the middle. He's like, "I got a pee on her." <laughs> and everyone looks at him like, "What?" It's like, like nothing. Um, got me because the way it's like that's so creative man. and i think he managed to capture the the art style because there's a lot of moments where a character will say something that's so off-putting or weird and the actor knows how to like look away there's so many yeah. times where ramona oh, looks man, left and like 
Scott like slinks away, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, it's so good!" Like he gets the awkwardness so well in this. And the, in the early scenes, the beginning of the movie is almost frame per frame from the book. Yes. It's crazy, like the date, you know, Scott's dating a high schooler and all that stuff, and so and the, and they take the lines right out of the book. They use it as a script that first little bit, and that first the whole first volume is actually pretty closely followed yeah it, it looks like it's story in the movie yeah it's, it's basically yeah, since the first it, volume yeah, it's, it's yeah. i mean until until later on they go way off they make their own thing and i think it's for the better actually because they really the movie really focuses on Defeat, the seven x's yeah defeating the x's earning the love of ramona and kind of learning your self-respect like scott pilgrim has an arc in this movie like he learns yes. uh, he learns uh and there's even I feel like they use the get a life better than they did in the comic book, right? Like it's right. it's it was like a time travel thing in this one, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh well, and then the, we didn't even talk about the subspace like uh, transportation subspace like, highway. Yeah, that like Ramona's like super cool and kind of has her own power set. She can kind of basically like, kind of like Nightcrawler, like travel between two dimensions from point A to point B. Yeah, and then sense. he'll, but then he Scott will keep seeing her in his dreams. And yes. from the book, I'm talking about, he yeah. keeps seeing it. And she, he's like, I like how he's like, I, keep, I see my dreams. He's like, oh, that's probably the subspace highway. You have a really nice, like, <laughs> narrow path through your mind. <laughs> like, she's just like, it's nothing. <laughs> it's a good but shot. Like, a good, like it was a weird, but like a hilarious knock at like, you're simple. I can, I can get where I need to go because you're simple. Through your mind, yeah. And uh, they don't play it up so much in the movie, but Ramona's bag is kind of. Basically, like uh, you know, Felix the cat. He's got that anything bag where anything can fit in, and you pull anything out of it. So right. she's got that in there where she gets her huge hammer from. Um, they kind of touch on it in the movie, but it's more like a dreamlike state. Like this is what it is to fall in love. Like you're just floating. So when it happens, um, you, it's not so much out of pocket. It's just like oh, you're following this these two characters as they really get into each other. So I like that. Yeah, and they really they do a really good job. Um, translating most some of the characters, some of the characters. Scott's really good. Wallace really good. Ramona really good. Julie the really villains. Good. Yeah, Julie. Oh, Julie's Julie. Julie's amazing. Bobby Plaza, she was amazing. I didn't care. Like she was kind of there in the book. And this, I was. I was every time she showed up, I was like, yeah. like, "What do you work everywhere?" <laughs> and gave her her own like blur lines. Like she's constantly swearing, but they won't let it fly through. Like it'll just sound like distortion. Oh, it's so much funnier. Like, how do you get, and it's like, how do you keep doing that with your mouth? Like, they call it every, like <laughs> so good. She's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say the, all sex bombs are better in this, even though we don't. Yes, arguably Kim's not because she gets less to do, but you still get enough with the emotion that um, she says because Scott's always in the foreground saying, "Oh no, that's Kim. She's fine." And they'll cut to Kim, and she's sending daggers, <laughs> daggers in this back of the skull, right? And, it's good. Like you can tell that Edgar is a storyteller and could find a way to say so much more with just a look or just a frame or the way that he actually framed things. Right. Like there's a lot of paneling. There's a lot of like the screen gets divided into thirds, like a comic book or, yeah. or, yeah. or the action sequences are fighting. Like, like it's Dragon Ball in the air. You see the combo. Uh, I always love every time everyone explodes because you actually see all the change explode. Yeah. And then the power ups, right. You'll see like, Oh, 200 points, 400 points. And we're even it, and faithfully, Roxy 
explodes into animals in this one too. Yes. It's like, it's like, like he, there's little, it's funny cause he, he cuts out, well, it's not, it's not funny, but it's, it's cool how he cuts out a lot of yes. the annoying filler, a lot of yes. it. And keeps the, it the arc, the arc with knives dad. Yeah. Yep. Isn't even here. Nope, like her dad's it. not even in this. He mixes some other things out. He knocks out the whole, like the Kim side quest. He knocks yep. out. Lisa, a whole bunch of things. Lisa's not in it at all. Lisa's not at all. That's yep. the, that's I just that's exactly it. But then other things, other details like like Roxy exploding to, into animals, he keeps like completely in, like mm-hmm. right down to the final detail, right? And then he throws in his own jokes, like Scott jumping out the window. <laughs> so it's it's a real interesting mix how he did it. It's it's masterful, really, because right. it's it's faithful adaptation. If you talk to anybody. Who loves the book? They love the movie too. Yes. So like it's it, it improves it so much. Like we'll talk about the Lucas Lee fight. Like that's nothing. None of that's in the book. And so, so amazing. And so it's amazing what he did with it, especially with what Chris Evans does. He's like I'm gonna go burn a like a stogie in my wooly. I'm gonna go get high in my wooly. Right. <laughs> like, sometimes like the way he's talking and like uh, like his deep voice. Like sometimes I let them my stand-ins. Uh, for the wide shots, like, and then you see that Scott has to fight like seven the army of of the, of, of the the standards for stun doubles. Yes, yeah. and like you were saying, stays true because that's not how the fight ends. Like he has to use his brain. Is like, can you do a thingy on that rail over there? What do you mean a grind? Yeah, can you grind yeah, that yeah. thingy the over grind? there? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good, right? Um, the, here are some other things that I think fans noticed about the sequential numbers of the evil X's uh, Scott Pilgrim. He would be the zero. So he's always wearing the zero shirt, right? He often drinks Coke zero. Matthew Patel is the first evil X. So he's always finger pointing one and his coat has a Chevron on it, which is a reference to the first in the military ranks. Lucas Lee is number two. He has a tattoo on his neck. Trailer door has two. The car door is two. Todd is three. Uh, his shirt has the three on it. Uh, trash cans have three numbers on it. Rock D. Richter, is four and there's a big sign on the door that says four kyle and ken kanagi five and six the dragons on the front of the keyboards both make the numbers five getting grades is number seventh g is the seventh letter of the alphabet always chewing gum which takes seven years to digest which is also oh, a line oh, that's a cool cut that's a <laughs> yeah. cool cut and the g in his logo also looks like sevens right so we talk about how detailed it is um even to the point that the world that he built in it it's really like Scott's imagination. I remember watching it one time and not noticing it and then reading about it and then being, oh, you can't miss it now. They're on the bus and this is after he's already beat up Patel, but he's writing it's Scott and Ramona talking about like what this is going to be, right? Like you're going to have to fight exes and yeah. Scott being yeah. kind of civil mind is like, so we're dating now? And she's like, yeah, I guess. He's like, so does it mean we can make out? She's like, yes. But behind them in the buses, all the streetlights are turning into hearts. And you start seeing little oh, hearts move by. So you, they keep playing up kind of the CW of it, the relationship of it, the fact that, like, Scott really doesn't care what he has to do. Like, he just wants the girl. And that's yeah. sweet. Like, he's very single-minded. It was like, how do I get Ramona? How do I get to Ramona? And then the whole joke about, in the comic, you got to say the L word. But in the movie, they say lesbians. And lesbian, yeah. I also think that's a nod to kind of the lesbian, I don't want to say action, but all the kind of loose storylines that they were in the comic book in this one. They don't play it up, but the fact that he thought the L word was lesbians made me laugh a few times. 
I'm in, I'm in lesbian with you. <laughs> I'm in lesbian with you. We talked about how many how many big names are in here. And there's a lot. And they're all casted so well. I think Michael Sarah is... Scott's infinitely more likable in the movie than he is in the book. Yes. I like him. <laughs> I was rooting for him the whole time. He's just like this dorky, charming nerd. Like his line delivery is hilarious. He's, just he's like, a lovable loser who's not really yeah. a loser. And not really yes. lovable, but manages to ride both of those. Uh, lines, but yeah, he was great for he was great for this role. Yeah. Even the point where uh, was. the like the the quick cuts of uh, your hair's getting a little long. He's like, is it? And he's so insecure, but he always snaps back in. He's why like, are we, why are we in the hat? <laughs> he's like, oh, this hat. <laughs> we should go outside. <laughs> yeah, we should go outside. <laughs> outside to cover your hat with it. No, that's not as crazy. <laughs> it's really good. The the script and then the 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 actors. All of the actors' mm-hmm. jobs on the script is just like, even um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as as Ramona. She plays it she's so great. chill, yes. but she's like her line review is great. She's got this she's great so like, lovely. yeah, she's very lovely. <laughs> Mew, call her Mew. <laughs> M-E-W. Yes, we do. And but she's uh, she's a little bit of a Mew too as well. You can yeah, you can look that up. But she was great. Like yeah, this is a version of Brie Larson not in that's the only thing Envy didn't really get her backstory so she's not likable in this at all but it's, me, which, it's played it's to work for the story that they're trying to tell right and yes. that musical yeah, sequence fine. is amazing too because the first time you see her yeah. she's walking on stage and they I guess I think it's a metric song uh, Black Sheep yeah she's rocking it and again great soundtrack too like this is a fun kind of like energetic movie the music yeah. really like lends to the fact that hey they're still like a little scrappy band right like this is still like what they love so the fact that uh demon clash of demon head show up on stage and this is the first time and uh, great writing the first time that scott realizes that ramona's ex is in the band the same band where his ex is the front lady is chef's kiss right you can't write that better than how edgar wright did it in the book, yeah. it's a little more convoluted of like, well, there's a past. I knew Scott, I knew Todd from before. And then when did you know Todd? And he once punched the moon for me. <laughs> it was like, it got yeah. really intense. In this one, it's just like, oh, that's Todd. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know Todd? It's like, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I dated him. And there's all the, uh, the well, I was going to say, there's all the comic book nods too, right? They, they keep the animation style. Anytime Ramona does a flashback, they use the same art style from the comic yes. book. And when Steven is trying to explain about like crashing the boys and he's going through kind of the Pictionary giant notepad, you see, and the Kanagi twins, you see the same art style that you would find in the comic book. So like, I love those little nods, right? Because the yeah. readers are like, I know that. I've seen that before. I'm I'm glad you said nods because we can talk about the differences between the two. Let's do it. And then this this should bring up some conversation points, but to get through them, there's a lot. There's a lot of differences. So like we talked about, the volume one is pretty faithfully adapted, uh, including direct lines from the book, up until about the first fight when he takes on Matthew Patel. Uh, in the and in the book, he gets an email and a letter from Matthew. In this one, he just gets the email, right. but he just kind of skims over. And goes, oh. or he's like, "Oh, I got an email." Yeah, this is boring. And then, like, like a little yeah. puppy dog, just find something else that you want. Uh, in the book, his friends join in on the dance battle, right? And but in the movie, Crash and the boys actually die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't die in the book immediately, and so, and that joke is hilarious too. The fact that they only have two second songs. It's like yeah. this one's called That's, Everything's So Sad. Ah! 
And Steven yeah. thinks they're geniuses. And everyone's like, what is this? And then you have Wallace in the stadium and be like, take your time on this next one, right? Just heckling. Yeah, the next song is dedicated to the guy who keeps yelling in the crowd. <laughs> I hate you and I hope you die. <laughs> So good, <laughs> and that lead that lead actor is a Canadian actor too. I hopefully I can find is his he? name. That's yeah, dope. I've seen him in some stuff. Um, on to the second fight with Lucas. So in the book, Scott trains uh, trains for the fight by watching all his movies. Remember, because Lucas Lee is an actor. But then when he gets to meet him, I think there's just that one punch that knocks him through the wall, yeah. and then they end up having snacks and, and like shoot the breeze and stuff. <laughs> and then he, then then he goads him into going down the rails. But in the movie, they actually fight, and it's on a movie set. And like I said, there's a stunt doubles. They recreate that whole scene Castle for Lone the better. Movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Both fights, the book and the movie, both take place at Castle Lone so And like cool. Scott's upset that after Lucas does this long grind down this insane staircase, that like he can't get the change. <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's no. right. Yeah, he's... And that's oh, that and, staircase. And autograph. <laughs> that, too. that staircase is real too. I've walked up it. It's not that that long, but it's. it's, it's I wouldn't it feel. I, I wouldn't do a thingy down it. That's for sure. No, I wouldn't do a thingy. What do you mean? I never grind it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Envy and Ramona's fight doesn't happen in right. the movie. Right. Envy doesn't get any flashbacks with Scott and. Lynette, remember her friend with the robotic arm? Yes. Oh my gosh, isn't in the movie at all. There's a so they they make her a girl in the movie, but there's a whole subplot of like Lynette and Todd hooking up behind Envy's back, and I was like, this is rough. Like, ooh, yeah. But it makes you empathize with Envy more. Maybe that's what that's part. Maybe that's part of why I liked her. But anyways. Yeah, Lena's not in it at all, and she's the one who, in the book, she smacks the blue out of knives' hair. But in <laughs> in the movie, they just let let Todd do it. And I was like, oh wow! And it's so much better because Neil is like, "You locked the highlights out of her hair. Yeah, you yeah. knocked the highlights out of her hair." And it's like it's so Superman, did, Superman did that. Superman. Well, Adam now. That's right. Watch out for that blackest night, the Adam. That's right. Yeah, the Adam. Yeah. Um, Scott and Todd Walmart scene is removed. Where the Walmart scene where they go in, and or at Honest Ed's, they go into Honest Ed's. Oh yeah, and they try to find anything. They try, and then they can't find anything, and they like Todd ends up blowing it up for uh, frustration. I mean, I would it would be nice to see that because that was a fun joke about like, all right, go to Honest like Ed and, and see if you can find what you need in Honest Ed's, and you end up with everything else you don't need. No, it's, it's like get through without being distracted. It's like, oh, this <laughs> <so> many... <laughs> That's what it was, and he couldn't. Todd couldn't handle it, and he blew the place up. That's real. Kept that in somehow. That was that's great. Yeah, that was actually that's real. Yeah. Um, the Envy and Ramona fight. Ramona, Ramona fight is replaced with Roxy and Ramona. Right. So, in the books, Roxy is way more subtle and tries to convince Ramona that Scott's cheating on her, which is so that's that's the more CW thing. And the yeah. movie's just kind of like. I'm gonna, I'm here to and like cra- crashes with her for a night when like yeah uh, yes. Scott isn't living there. So those the weird dynamic. She comes yeah. down in her underwear. It's like oh, we it's just crashed and so adds another layer that maybe you don't want to explore. This one, it's fun how they Ramona uses Scott to like shadow fight against her in order to beat her. That was really cool. Yes. Yeah, and then she finally gets to the giant hammer. That's right. Yeah, and we're in the book. She fought with. Envy with she fought with that against Envy, yes. but in this one she used it against Roxy against this bitch, Roxy. Um, <laughs> you don't like Roxy? <laughs> I don't actually. I didn't like her in the book. <laughs> but she's made up of tiny little animals. Yeah, that's right. But and, and what you was know cool her like, spot, like, right? But yeah, but which was funny because in the books that was uh, yep. Envy. Yep. 
yeah. that was her secret spot. I mean, they reversed it for that, which I thought was interesting. That's smart. The Roxy fight, he gets the power of love's the sword, which he doesn't get until the end of the movie. So in the book, remember after he beats Roxy, he yes. gets that sword. That, right. well, I got the power of love. Uh, Roxy, you said that weak spot in the film is Envy's weak spot. No knives, dad arc in this. For the better. Scott gets a one up from Todd in the books, but from the but in the movie he gets it from the twins. Yes. Which makes sense because right before the real boss, you need to like re-up. Like it makes sense in a game kind of strategy. Yeah. And like you said, like you said, in the books, it's like over like a volume and a half or two volumes. They're sending robots. (laughs) Yeah. And he keeps fighting them. And Kim's always like, Scott's got this. And you just see him in the background like happy. Like he's always happy to be fighting something, which is kind of funny. It's like, I got but this. then in this, it's like you said, it's they don't say a word, and they just send these dragons out. That... They literally look like Asian Jarelettos, and there's two of them. Yeah, that's so funny. That's uh, I thought they were kind of like funny looking too. I was like, who are these guys? <laughs> I think it's the haircuts with yeah. how serious they are. Anyways, and then the weird the, um, the drop off line of like, you dated twins? It's like at the same time. At the same time. <laughs> uh, Kim doesn't get kidnapped in the movie. Yes, it's good. The band is actually, what's one thing about the film too, is that it starts really focused on the relaxes and the band trying to make it the band. And then it just shifts completely Mm -hmm. to just like about an hour, the first hour and the second, because it's like almost two hours, right? Hour and 50. The first hour is very different than the second half of the movie. The first half being the better half in my opinion. Um, in the book, Scott gets dumped and can't function without Ramona and ends up fighting Nega Scott in a forest with Kim. But in the film, that Nega Scott thing is like just a joke. They it's a great throwaway line. I like it, though. I like it, though. But I love how they set it up with the uh, Paku Paku and the fact that he plays – him and Knives play uh, the like Dance Dance Revolution with ninjas yeah. in an arcade. Yeah. And it shows a, like the Nega version, and Scott can't beat the Nega version in the game. That's right. So when the real nega version shows up, he's like, no, no, he's a nice guy, man. We're going to go get brunch later on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a brunch later. Yeah, they just come out. That, that was funny. That was actually because that, like, it's like if he is the nega Scott, then he is basically just Scott, Scott and yeah, he's easy he's to talk to. to. You just kinda... It's a, an amazing insight. It's like yeah. people always assume yeah. that you would have to battle yourself, but honestly, it's yourself. You would know how to talk. You would make the stupid joke that you would both laugh at and exactly. probably be best friends. If we just become best friends. If you just get over the whole like I'm mad at you thing, it's just you know he hey. wasn't even mad. He just showed up with red eyes. It was it's like yeah, it's like yeah. I got this guy. Like Ed smart, Scott being Scott was smart enough to know Ramona knives. You can leave. I got this. And the fact that they yeah. walk out like kind of hand in hand is like enjoy the same. The same so, casual. So funny. So funny. Uh, in Scott and Ramona take on Gideon in the book, whereas in the movie it's Scott and knives. And Ramona's kind of there, but she doesn't really get involved right i think it makes more sense in the book that knives would fight i agree Gideon, yeah. this one should have been ramona i get it i guess it was, i don't know what they're trying to do with knives because they, they they shoehorned that fight with her too ramona and knives uh fight in the movie at the end there you're yeah. just like i'm gonna fight Briefly. but in the book it's like happens in the middle in, in earlier the on yeah like she figures out oh yeah. like you cheated on scott with me and it's no no scott cheated on what's the difference both of yeah. you both of you yeah, that whole that whole thing is in is in the books too. It's just it's taken over way longer. And yeah. like you said, he goes in that depression when Ramona leaves him off of it. And that's like I'm like this is that was hard to read. I was like, oh. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> he's damn bad. I know. But. Coke is a man with patience. 
I don't I don't like the romance stuff, like the relationship stuff. Just I was telling you the CW shows, right? Yeah. I start watching them, yeah. and then, and then it, like into... the first season is always great, like Flash, Arrow, things like that, yeah. the hundred, and then it does that, and I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Tap. I'm done. Uh, finally, Gideon's collection of frozen ex-girlfriends isn't in the movie. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Which I thought was kind of cool yes. for the book because then it's like it kind of makes him more evil. evil. It's like, oh, he's actually got a plan here. He doesn't just want Ramona back. He wants to freeze her with his other ex-girlfriends because <laughs> yeah. he's a freaking nut. <laughs> yeah, the, this one they play up more that like he's a record producer and kind of has the in with the Toronto scene. Also, I thought that was glaring. Ramona's from the states. Yeah, you assume. All of her ex-boyfriends are from the states. They yeah, all, you that. You're they right. all, they all manage. Other than Lucas, who has the most natural story to be in Toronto, they all find a way to migrate up here, including Gideon. Yeah, but Gideon's There's opening no a club. But uh, yeah, these, these are all American villains. So the fact that they're crossing borders, you could have played up more. Or I just thought it was like, this girl's not from here. Like, how does everyone know to come to Toronto to find? Yeah. Goddamn, Scott Pilgrim. Sure. Schwartz was really good at being like smarmy. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say the word smarmy. Smarmy's perfect word for him. He's really. I was like, man, he's really good at being like just this really punchable. <laughs> <laughs> OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Yeah, he's yeah. king of Rushmore. If you haven't seen Rushmore, it's his quintessential smarminess. His first movie, but that's where I think Wes Anderson discovered that this kid can play this one thing really well. Let me just feed him great yeah. lines, sarcastic lines. So yeah. Yeah, he's really good at that. You uh, made there's me also... swallow my gum. It's going to be in my digestive tract for seven years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're really about gum. Yeah, and then the last one is in the movie. Uh, sorry, the band breaks up in the books. But young, in like volume five, I believe. But when young, young Neil in the movie just takes Scott's place. Yeah. In the band. And then that's kind of how it goes. And gets his name the, as Neil. He's no longer young Neil. He gets to be Neil. Yeah, the the ending kind of plays out similarly with the whole like he has he chooses Ramona and knives is kind of like just go with Ramona, yeah. like you belong with her. Right. So it's it's similar to that, but that's that's those are the differences, right? There's so that's there's a lot there, and some of them are most are better. Big. Yeah, but it's I think they're all except for the honest Ed's thing. And, I think they're all better. And I guess the sex slave. Oh, uh, and the fight. Fr- frozen Sorry? sex. And I guess the frozen sex slaves. Actually, yeah, that would have been cool <laughs> twist to make him really just make you hate him more. The remote Ramona should have fought him at the end. Yeah. With with him with Scott, and honest Eds. Those three things I would have liked. Do you to think? Stay, but do you think knives is still with uh, Neil, or that was just the ploy to get? No, that was just the front. I just poor Neil. But he's not young Neil anymore. Yeah, he's not young Neil. Anymore. He's just Neil Neil. I get some groupies. I also loved how um, you get the repetition of after Scott dies, he has to go through the same process to get into uh, the concert hall again. But when he's first going through, he has to get the passwords. He's like, whatever. And he's like, yep, that counts. He's like, and one time he's like, uh. And they're like, yep, you passed like, the things that he's saying in order to <laughs> pass the checkpoints. It's just yeah. random stuff. But it always makes me laugh because everyone's so cool like too cool to be here yeah yeah it's good so i don't know i like i said i like the movie better yes easily um we talked a little bit about the video game there's not much else to say there's there's a bit of differences there as well it's kind of got its own unique story too but it's it's a video game so 
it's not that big of a deal. But um, it's better in co-op. Don't play single player. I tried it. It's not good. I mean, if you have time, play it. Yeah. If you have time, play This it. is boring. I, don't know, I found it boring it's by myself. Because right. like the, the the villain the, the enemies stay down a long time and you kind of wait over them and then you can like you can pick them up and throw them around. like it's the mechanics are cool but it's one of those games where you just you, you need to you sh- it's better played with friends. I would uh, recommend checking out the soundtrack too. You get Sex Bomb soundtrack, which also which means like Beck, um, Frank Black, Beechwood Sparks, Black Lips, Broken Social Scene, Blue Tones, Metric, Rolling Stones. Um, they got a lot of stuff going on here. It's fun. It's poppy. It keeps the movie rolling. Uh, it, there's a lot. There's a lot to love about this movie. I wouldn't mind a sequel. Char- I don't know how you would do it, but I. This is one of those. Ooh, I don't know if you. No, this is a standalone thing. It's got to. It's got to be on its own. I get it, but there's there's. Imagine getting this cast back now, knowing what this cast is. Like just to play with that. It's. And even uh, Edgar Wright, who stepped up several yeah. stages in his directing. Uh, really makes you want to know what his plans for Ant-Man were. I was going to ask you that. Like, oh, man. I really would like to see the blueprint for that, like, original draft. At this point, I'd love him to do a one-shot. He could do a one-shot of the Wasp, and I think he'd yeah. take that. Because he, he was going to do a heist movie. Like, I think the, I think yes. the nucleus of his idea was kept, but... Not all, not all of his charms, and you can see how many exactly. charms he put into this movie, right? And imagine with the budget of an MCU film. And you're writing Paul Rudd, that means... would have been funny. Not to say yeah. Ant Man wasn't funny, but could have been funnier. My question to you, sir: In comic book movies, like, is this a top ten comic book movie translated from pages to screen? Because it's really true to form to the point that yes. yes. Because it's up there with with um, Sin City and then The Watchmen, like it's yeah. up there because it's true to this of different movie. reasons. Though yeah. it's not like those two are like graphic novel movies. The, like Watchmen and Sin City, especially Sin City, are like faithful almost to a fault. Like it's like everything is. It's just basically you're reading the, you're watching the, the graphic book, novel. Yeah. This one's took some chances, so in a way, it's almost it's more ballsy, but it. It all worked. Yeah, and it never like it worked for the better. And never let let you forget that it came from this source material. Like it's always right. connected to the universe version of Scott. But he combined ideas. He changed some things. He left some things out. Added his own little flavors in, and it worked. And that's like, that's really slick, man. That's almost more impressive. That's not almost. That's 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 more impressive than just adapting. Yeah. Something to to the screen, right? Because well, we're not talking about the screen here. Which yeah, completely no. adapted in tank. Green Hornet. Uh, I was, was going to say Kick-Ass, but I think Kick-Ass is the next one that I wouldn't mind reading to see how close it is to the movie. I was, I was just going to say that I never read Kick-Ass, and I only watched the movie, the first one, once, yeah. and I just didn't. It's kind of like this. Like, I watched this movie back when it was new, but I don't. I think it was like a Netflix and chill type thing before Netflix and chill wasn't even a term. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of on, and then yeah. you were doing stuff. <laughs> It's one of those things. So I was like, man, I've seen the movie, but I have no idea what happens. I would just remember bits and pieces. I was like, that's probably why. Kick Ass was a similar thing, but I, I actually remember watching that way, but I don't think. Like, I remember Jim Carrey at the end. and, and That's the second one. That's the second one. See, there you go. So I've probably, probably got a bunch of amalgamations of both movies in my Well, head. I kind of remember reading the comic, but I'm pretty sure the, the central character is blonde hair, blue eyes, and that's nothing like 
Aaron Taylor Johnson, maybe. Yeah. Taylor Aaron yeah. Johnson, Aaron Johnson Taylor, Johnson. Yeah, Aaron, the guy who yeah. plays Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah. The guy that's gonna play. What's he playing? He's playing Craven, isn't he? The Hunter. Give me a break. You never know. Give me a break. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. I remember I was mad about Heath Ledger as the Joker, and he was fine. <laughs> More than fine. Is that the is that the scale that you're putting him on? Do you think he's gonna be as good as Heath Ledger's Joker? No, I don't. I'm just using that as an example of why I don't. Judge people before I've seen them act anymore. Fair enough. And I did say because I was like, I was like, Knight's Tales gave me the Joker, gave me a break, and I was like, then I said, then I see everybody being in the theater is like, Knight's Tales is oh. a good movie. I'll argue that with no, you, I, sir. I'm just saying Knight's Tales is bad. I just didn't that character as the Joker. Fine. It's called Alonce. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's a strong cast and lovely, lovely Shannon Soderbergh. 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 She's got SS names. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> she got some nice something else. This we're off the rails. Off the rails. Don't do it. I'm gonna call, do it. I'm, I'm gonna call her. I'm gonna call him Heath Leather again because no, Heath Ledger. Well, Heath Leather. I can't. It doesn't. Nobody. Yeah, I, mm. Nobody cares. And then it was time for Toronto to drown in the sweet song. Of the Clash at Dreamhead! That guy on base? Oh yeah. That's Todd. I know. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah! Oh no. Hello again. Friend, I knew you were I come and go Was waiting for the world to end Now that the truth is just a rule But you can make You crack the whip Shape, shift, and trick the past again Send you my
Oh, my God.